Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. This time we are going back to revisit the National Stock Exchange co-location scam or what is called the high frequency scam. The question that I'm asking is how long can a regulator drag on the drama of investigation in any extremely high profile scam? Now we have a yardstick for comparison this time because this Supreme Court of India has told SEBI that it will not give it six additional months to investigate the Adani Hindenburg issue. To my mind, the co-location scam, which allowed certain brokers preferential access to the National Stock Exchange, NSC systems, is as big. Because do you know what co-location is? Co-location means that certain very big institutional brokers have their servers inside the National Stock Exchange so that they can get access very quickly to the trading system. The faster their trades match, the more profit they're going to get because they get a better price. And do you know how the trades happen? They happen in microseconds and milliseconds, which is one out of 10,000 of a second or one out of 1,000 of a second, right? And millions of transactions happen in one second. Hundreds of crores are traded. So if you get in and match your trade first, then you're going to get more money because the person who comes next gets a different price. Because as you know, the minute there is interest in buying a share, the price goes up. The minute there is a lot of selling pressure, the price goes down. So hitting the NSC's mainframe computers, trading systems, is the name of the game. And I got a whistleblower letter in 2015, which said that NSC officials were colluding with certain brokers that they named a broker called OPG Securities, where consistently this broker was able to log into NSC's trading systems first. Now, I wrote about it in June 2015. National Stock Exchange slapped me with a 100 crore defamation suit, which of course they withdrew in 2017, having to pay 50 lakhs as ordered by the Bombay High Court. Because by then it was clear that there was no defamation. There was a huge, massive problem in the National Stock Exchange. And its senior management was either aware of what is going on and turning a blind eye or part of it. So from 2015, nothing much happened because the Securities and Exchange Board of India as a regulator watched while NSC sued us and denied any wrongdoing. Remember, National Stock Exchange is a literal monopoly. It accounts for 97% almost of India's trading in derivatives, third largest exchange in the world. And because it was set up to be different as against the broker run Cabal, which was then the Bombay Stock Exchange, and I'm talking about 30 years ago, NSC was considered the perfect, most ethical, wonderful institution that transformed the Indian capital market. But the minute you have too much of power, hubris sets in and wrongdoing started happening. They were running the exchange like a mom and pop shop. The founding team was taking charge one after the other as though it was their birthright. So you had Ravi Narayan as managing director, you had Chitra Ramakrishna as manager, managing director. The board delegated all the parts to the MD and they ran the exchange exactly as they pleased. Now, all this came to a head in the Colo scam. They denied wrongdoing. It went to court. Then questions were asked in parliament in 2017. And that's when finally the 
Securities and Exchange Board of India woke up because they were just so close to the NSC until then and began a relatively serious investigation. I'm not saying this. This is what has been put in writing by the Securities Appellate Tribunal in one of the cases. But let's create a link for this first. I've given you the background. I'm also telling you that the Supreme Court of India has obviously said Adani Hindenburg causes volatility in the market here. We're talking about the marketplace itself, the NSC being under a cloud. So identical situations and worries about speed and completion. Now, if the Supreme Court says that Adani Hindenburg cannot go on, not even six months more, they've given them until August 14 to complete the investigation. This started in 2015. We are now in 2023. And the issues that are being investigated go back to 2013, exactly a decade ago, right? So this scandalous state of affairs can't go on. But who's going to tell the regulator? Because the finance ministry, obviously, is just not bothered. It is the administrative ministry, but they have never asked any questions or got into details on any of this. The Supreme Court has gotten the cases before the Supreme Court. How? Because some orders were passed by SEBI in 2019. These went, they were all appealed. SEBI also impounded some money, over 944 crores of the NSC. They said there was wrongdoing, confirmed all of it, issued orders, but weak orders that did not stand up before the Securities Appellate Tribunal. So SEBI's initial orders were all but thrown out. And SAT also said, passed a lot of stringent remarks, which I'm going to come to a in a little bit. SEBI rushed off to the Supreme Court on 20th March this year. The SC refused to give them a stay order and said, in fact, release 300 crores out of this 944 that you have impounded. Now let's get back to the Colo scam. You know what the SAT had to say about SEBI when it all but threw out its orders and its weak regulations? It talked about SEBI's casual attitude. It also expressed surprise, which we have done repeatedly, at how SEBI has repeatedly, not once, seven times, asked the National Stock Exchange to investigate itself. Yes, investigate itself. Appoint a forensic auditor, appoint consultants. So a string of the top consulting firms and forensic auditors have all got business in this so-called investigation because SEBI wouldn't do the investigation. NSC, you appoint, investigate yourself and tell us what you found so that we can copy bulk of it copiously in our show cause notices and our orders and then decide that there is wrongdoing. SAT wasn't impressed. But having gone to the Supreme Court, having this order, SC doesn't give a stay order, nothing seems to be working. SEBI seems uninterested in speeding up the investigation or winding it up. In fact, you would be shocked to know. Do you know if there is one scam, it has to be strategically looked at and divided into key investigations. You can't do multiple investigations that go on forever. Look at what SEBI did. Between May 2017 and July 2018, it served show cause notices to 47 entities under Section 11B, which is like an omnibus section, which gives it a lot of parts. Five-week orders on 30th April 2019. I've already told you what happened to some of these orders when they went to SAT. A separate set of proceedings, 
looked at allegations that certain brokers had raked in huge profits using dark fibers. Now, what is a dark fiber? Dark fiber is not the strange dark fiber. It is a route to connect to the trading system. Remember, everything, the goal is to hit the trading system of the NSE the fastest. This is a route on which there is absolutely low traffic or low latency, as they call it. So it's called a dark fiber. So some people were told, use this route, this dark fiber, and you'll get faster access. Cannot happen without collusion. So here SEBI went after 56 entities between September 2018 and Jan 2022, passed 25 orders until October 2022. Now, this is not all. It continues to spew out orders. So SEBI has two new show cause notices this year, one on 28th February, 2023 and another on 17th May 2023 in the middle of all the Adani investigation. What is this about? It's all about one issue and believe me there are these are not two. There are about five investigations, maybe three adjudications and whatever going on altogether on what is called trading access point architecture. This was a kind of architecture that was being used where a broker called Universal Brokers complained about it, saying somebody came to me in 2013 and said, if you pay me money or you appoint a certain consultant, I will show you how to bypass certain systems and get faster access. He was ignored. Universal Broker was ignored, just as the whistleblower letter that we published in 2015 was ignored. But the income tax department raided OPG securities, found a lot of documents which indicated that there was collusion, made a reference to SEBI. SEBI has not found anything. In fact, the show cause notices are still very vague, lots of gobbledygook from all kinds of matters that have been sent back, replies that have been sent back to it, but hasn't been able to pinpoint one single official who colluded, even though income tax has made a reference. There were people who are offering this as a business, but SEBI has not found a single person who's accountable. Meanwhile, all the people that they're showing shokas, sending shokas notices to have left the exchange, four of them in 2014, some in 2015, some in 17, 18, but doesn't matter. SEBI is going after them and frankly missing the wood for the trees. The investigations continue. There are These are not all. There was another shokas notice, like I said, in May. And there are some which haven't come out. So there may be more adjudications under Section 11B, which are continuing. Nobody wants to tell me when I ask SEBI. And there's one investigation under a retired judge, still not in the public domain. The Indian Business School of Hyderabad was asked to look at the extent of profiteering. So there was one assignment given to them about OPG securities, where they put out some numbers, which SEBI has revised now in these two showcase notices and saying OPG has made more money. I don't know why it should come out now after SAT demands an issue back to them. But ISB's second study is not in the public domain. I don't know where and what stage it is at, but we as people who have been reporting this very closely don't know anything about it. The two latest showcase notices look like a winding up exercise because curiously enough, one of them even suggests that we have sent you notices. You may want to look at the settlement route and write to us if you want to make a settlement. This is as good as telling these people that, buddy, you're not going to be able to defend yourself. You might as well pay money. And without admitting or denying guilt is how the settlement happens. But if you're not guilty, it's a stigma. So 
look at these shoka sortices. The February one, in fact, drags in Vikram Limay, who joined the National Stock Exchange as managing director and CEO in July 2017 to clean up the exchange, which was in complete shambles after members of the founding team, including the consultants of the founding team, had left one after the other. And their cronies were sacked or resigned or were under a cloud. And Limay comes in at that time. Isn't it absurd that you're dragging him into the Colo scam of 2013 to 15 without any direct evidence that he is either shielding anyone or that he had tried to bury the investigation? Even an allegation of burying, I don't know, needs a lot of positive proof. The Shoka's notice seems to assign blame and responsibility on the basis of designations of various officials. The funny thing is, NSE, as we have pointed out and written in a whole book called Absolute Power, which you can buy on Amazon, we have documented the rise and fall of the NSE and pointed out that at its peak, it was like this all-powerful institution which was dictating to the finance ministry, the regulator was under its thumb, and the founding team could do as they will. So not only they were they heading the exchange, they were managing their appointments, they were managing who they appointed. I mean, it's a scandal. Many of you who have seen my previous video blogs know all about it. The Himalayan guru, how this man, Anand Subramanyam, who in fact is one of the notices, was appointed without any due process, not designated as KMP. What is important is, we have also written that there were some very powerful consultants who reported only to the MD. MD had all the powers delegated by the board because the board wasn't getting involved. Now, these consultants called the shots, not the people who had formal designations and were full-time members. None of Sebi Shoka's notices even named them. When we have been investigating the scam for over eight years, there's one particular name which had a team where everybody says, this was a man who the brokers colluded with he doesn't figure. He doesn't figure with these two notices. But all kinds of people are being dragged and told, you were designated, so you are responsible, you are lax. Not even checking whether they had the power to correct things or were the powers vested only with the MD and specific orders had to be given. If they were not given, doesn't matter what your designation, there's nothing that you can do. So Sebi's job was not to assign responsibility and say laxity, lack of due diligence. This is the kind of vague charges, failure to take preventive action, thereby facilitating fraud. Hello, prove the fraud, prove the collusion. That is your job as an investigator. Not able to do that at all. The SCN of 17th May is in response to SAT saying, take a look at OPG again. So they have come up with new numbers. Here's a chart that I'm putting up saying, yes, OPG profited, but they can't find a single official who colluded with him. God knows what are these documents that the income tax department shared with them, because none of us know this. We just know that there are show cause notices which don't quote any documents, don't quote, quote any person. And we don't know whether is this an exercise to use a scattergun approach, get in other people, compel them to do a settlement and bury the whole thing. Wouldn't that raise a question about whether SEBI officials themselves were colluding with NSE? Remember when the whistleblower letter was first sent, it wasn't sent to me. It was first sent to at least three or four SEBI officials. They ignored it. 
It was sent to the finance ministry, it ignored it. In fact, the big question that nobody is asking till now is that the whistleblower did not write to Sucheta Dilal alone. He wrote to four or five people in SEBI and in the finance ministry, not a word or a finger at the finance ministry for sleeping on the issue, though the finance secretary sits on the SEBI board. And nothing about SEBI officials. What is their game? Do they suddenly turn investigators after having tried to bury something and then, you know, point fingers elsewhere and get away with it. And this time they're even saying, do you want to do a settlement? Which means let's not get into details, pay something, negotiate, and let's get on with it. My point is, this is all before the Supreme Court. Just as Adani is before the Supreme Court, this is before the Supreme Court. Supreme Court has taken enough interest in the capital market to appoint a expert committee under Justice A.M. Sapre. That committee has gone beyond the Adani, Adani Hindenburg issue at the request of the Supreme Court, pointed out what is wrong, has actually a lot of pungent things to say about how SEBI conducts its investigations or rather drags them on. So why not look at both these together? Because what applies to Adani Hindenburg applies to NSC Colo as well. It has to end somewhere. So obviously your question is, what did it say? So the committee, this, this is the Supreme Court expert committee, it has said that SEBI already has enough of powers. So lack of powers is not an issue. It has more than enough powers in line with the rest of the world. What it needs is a proper timeline for initiation and completion of investigations. Remember, eight years ongoing investigation, issue dates back 10 years. Okay. They also said the proceedings have to be disposed at a particular time. Further says SEBI needs to develop a proper enforcement policy that will optimize the utilization of precious regulatory resources. That is not done by hundreds and hundreds of show cause notices sent to lots of people just because you can. So because you think it looks as though you're diligent when you have 17 and 18 and 10 notices, no, it doesn't show that you've done your job. So two important cases involving the regulator are before the SC. All of you have a proper report saying they don't do timely investigations. This has implications for a lot of things. The National Stock Exchange needs to get listed. Bank of Baroda is trying to sell its shares. Valuation is affected by this overhang of the scandal, which is going on for eight years. So why will it not be completed in national interest? We take such pride about how India looks to the world. How does India look to the world? if the third largest exchange is under a cloud for eight years because the regulator is still into show cause notices. Show cause notice translates to then order charges and order, then an appeal to the Securities Appellate Tribunal and then to the Supreme Court. Another 10, 15 years, this is worse than a third world country, not a country aspiring to be a developed, strong, powerful nation. And hopefully, since the finance ministry is doing nothing about it, and the matter is before the Supreme Court, hopefully there'll be a judicial pronouncement that will make a difference. If you agree, amplify this, because it's, all, it's about all of us. Subscribe to this channel and spread the word. Thank you.